guys, welcome back to the Live Podcast with me, your host, Rachel Melema. I hope you all had an awesome weekend and I'm excited for today's episode because today we're going to be reading from 1 Corinthians chapter 4 and learning about some of the characteristics that the Apostle Paul talks about for Christian service. If you don't know much about the book of 1 Corinthians or you haven't listened to the previous episodes, I'll give you a bit of context. 1 Corinthians was written by the Apostle Paul to the church at Corinth, which is in Greece near Athens today. In its day around 50 AD, ancient Corinth had a reputation for luxury and sexual immorality, especially prostitution. The Corinthians were very proud of their knowledge and they thought of themselves as very spiritually mature. But in this letter, Paul talks about the differences between what worldly wisdom is and what spiritual wisdom is. In chapter 4, Paul describes three pictures of a church leader, a steward, a spectacle and a father. Paul wants his readers to understand how God measures and evaluates a Christian's service. And the purpose is in verse 6, which says this, that you will not be more proud of one person than another. Sometimes when we look at people in their ministries and what they're doing, we can either go from one extreme of being hypercritical of them or the other, which is we don't really care and we just accept anyone that comes along. So in this chapter, we're going to be looking at three important characteristics of what a true minister of Jesus is, a steward, a spectacle, and a parent. Let's first look at the first characteristic, and that is faithfulness. Let's start by reading verses 1 to 6. It says this, Think of us as servants of Christ who have been given the work of explaining God's mysterious ways. And since our first duty is to be faithful to the one we work for, it doesn't matter to me if I am judged by you or even by a court of law. In fact, I don't judge myself. I don't know of anything against me, but that doesn't prove that I am right. The Lord is my judge. So a steward is a servant who manages everything for his master, but who doesn't actually own anything himself. If you read in Genesis chapter 39, Joseph was a chief steward in Potiphar's house. The responsibility of the steward is to be faithful to his master. A steward can't please the members of the household or the other servants, but if he pleases his own master, then he's considered a good steward. Romans chapter 14 verse 4 says, What right do you have to criticize someone else's servants? Only their Lord can decide if they are doing right. And the Lord will make sure that they do right. So if a church leader or volunteer is faithful in their personal life, in their home, and in their ministry of the word, then they are a good steward and they will be properly rewarded. But also, they are constantly being judged. There's always something someone is going to be saying about them. They're always going to be criticized and judged. And even Paul points this out. There will also be other people's judgment as well. Paul didn't get upset when other people criticized him because he knew that God's judgment was way more important. There's also the person's own self-judgment. Sometimes we don't really know ourselves and there can be a fine line between a clear conscience and a self-righteous attitude. So we should always be aware of that. Thirdly, there's the most important judgment and that is God's judgment. He judges us today through his word and by the ministry of the Holy Spirit. And sometimes he'll use the ministry of a loving friend to help us face and confess our sins. But the final evaluation is when each person stands at the judgment seat of God and gives an account of their life. Then will the true facts be revealed and the faithful servants will be rewarded. The local church is supposed to be a family, and the members of that family must help each other to grow, but sometimes they can get it wrong, and they can end up hurting others sometimes. 
I'll break this down into three areas where sometimes someone who has good intentions can really hurt someone. Number one, they're judging at the wrong time. Verse 5 says not to judge anything too early before the Lord returns, because God is the one that will evaluate their lives and their ministries. Also, they can't see into other people's hearts, so they can't even begin to judge their motives. Only God can do that. 1 Samuel chapter 16 verse 7 says, People judge others by what they look like, but I judge people by what is in their hearts. The Corinthians here, who were passing judgment on Paul, were actually playing God and assuming to themselves the privileges that only God has. How many times have we done that or seen that happen in ministry? It's so easy to make that same mistake and to misread a situation or to misjudge a person or their motives. So we really need to be careful here. Number two, they're judging by the wrong standard. The Corinthians were measuring different people by their own personal preferences and biases. They were even comparing ministries with one another. However, the only true basis for evaluation is the Bible, the Word of God. The Bible clearly reveals what kind of life and service is required of God's people. We don't need to come up with new standards or to make our own. This is exactly the problem Paul was discussing in 1 Corinthians chapters 1 and 2, which is the wisdom of the people versus the wisdom of God. Definitely read those chapters if you haven't already. Number three, the judging with the wrong motive. Each group in the church was tearing other leaders down and other preachers down in order to build up the ones that they actually liked. Their motive at all wasn't spiritual, and they were promoting division within the church by being supportive of one person as opposed to the others. Almost like they were trying to make their own little club of cool kids within the church. They needed to examine their own hearts and get rid of the pride that was destroying the church. God's leaders and volunteers are stewards of His truth, and the key test is this. Have they been faithful to obey and to teach the Word of God? Not just faithful preaching, but faithful practicing as well. Okay, let's move on to the second characteristic that Jesus had, and that's humbleness. Let's read verses 7 to 13. It says this, For who makes you so superior? What do you have that you didn't receive? If, in fact, you did receive it, why do you boast as if you hadn't received it? You are already full. You are already rich. You have begun to reign as kings without us. And I wish you did reign, so that we could also reign with you. For I think God has displayed us, the apostles, in last place, like men condemned to die. We have become a spectacle to the world, both to angels and to people. We are fools for Christ, but you are wise in Christ. We are weak, but you are strong. You are distinguished, but we are dishonored. Up to the present hour, we are both hungry and thirsty. We are poorly clothed, roughly treated, homeless. We labor, working with our own hands. When we are reviled, we bless. When we are persecuted, we endure it. When we are slandered, we respond graciously. Even now, we are like scum of the earth, like everyone's garbage. Honestly, verse 7 should make all of us stop and think. Why would anybody regard us as superior? Is it our own biased opinion that makes us feel so important? In ministry, there's no room for pride. The Corinthians were wise in their own eyes, just like I said at the start, but they were actually fools in God's eyes. By depending on their own wisdom and the standards of the world, they were acting like fools. How many times are we like that? The way to be spiritually wise is to become a fool in the eyes of the world. 
If a really great leader like Paul considered himself to be in last place, where does this leave the rest of us? When we measure church leaders and volunteers by standards other than the standards God already has given, we're just wrong. We're also wrong when we boast about our favorite preachers, funnily enough. I'm not saying that faithful preachers can't be recognized and honored, but in all things, ultimately, God should be the one that is glorified. Faithfulness and service and humbleness of mind are two important characteristics of a minister of Jesus Christ. They should be willing to work and willing to suffer. It is one thing to be faithful and quite another thing to be popular. But there's a third characteristic that helps to balance the others, and that is tenderness. Let's read verses 14 to 21. It says this, I am not writing this to shame you, but to warn you as my dear children. For you may have countless instructors in Christ, but you don't have many fathers. For I became your father in Christ Jesus through the gospel. Therefore, I urge you to imitate me. This is why I have sent Timothy to you. He is my dearly loved and faithful child in the Lord. He will remind you about my ways in Christ Jesus, just as I teach everywhere in every church. Now some are arrogant, as though I were not coming to you, but I will come to you soon if the Lord wills, and I will find out not the talk, but the power of those who are arrogant. For the kingdom of God is not a matter of talk, but of power. What do you want? Should I come to you with a rod or in love and a spirit of gentleness? Paul here is reminding the church of the power... Paul here is reminding the church of the important ministries that he had performed on their behalf. He doesn't explicitly call himself father, but he's putting an emphasis on how a church leader is like a spiritual father. The Corinthians were Paul's children in the faith. He started their church. Whenever we share the gospel with someone and have the joy of leading them to faith in Jesus, we become a spiritual parent in their life. It doesn't give us special authority over their faith, but it means that we have a special relationship that God can use to help them grow. The local church is supposed to be God's family for helping new Christians develop. When Paul pastored the church in Corinth, he set an example before them in love, devotion to Jesus, sacrifice, and service. He was a good example because he was following the greatest example of all, Jesus Christ. Paul was also very patient with Corinth's disobedience. Just like a parent would be with their child, but he had warned them that the time for discipline has come. Similarly, like a colt, C-O-L-T, a young horse, it needs to be broken in. Otherwise, it's dangerous and useless. But once it is broken in, it learns to obey and it becomes gentle and useful. Pride is a bad thing in the Christian life and in the church, and it sometimes takes something to break us in order to get rid of the pride. Paul would have preferred to come to them with meekness and deal with their sins in a gentle way, but their own attitude made this difficult. They were all puffed up and proud of their disobedience. The Corinthians talked big, but they couldn't back up their talk with their walk. Their faith was only in words. Paul was prepared to back up his talk with power, with things that would reveal their sins and God's holiness. There was sin in the church, and Paul was ready to deal with it. Overall, it isn't easy to be a church leader or a volunteer. As a steward, you need to be faithful to your master, who is God, no matter what others might say to you or do to you. You will be treated badly or even refused by the people of the world. But most importantly, God's faithful servants aren't perfect, but they do deserve our love, respect, obedience, and prayer support. So what do you think about this chapter? 
What qualities do you think most Christians look for in a leader? I would love to know what you think. You can get in touch with me either on the blog, rachelmelema.tumblr.com forward slash ask, or on the social media channels. I can't wait for next week's episode, and I really hope that you enjoyed today's episode. I hope that you'll have a fun and joyful week wherever you are, and I will see you next time. Bye.